Searching for last-minute gifts? Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC and save 20% on select 750-milliliter bottles. That's 20% off gifts for the hard to shop for. 20% off gifts guaranteed to fit. 20% off gifts to celebrate the season. And 20% off a little gift for yourself. Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC. In stores and online now through December 21st. Please sip responsibly. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. They are definitely tough, smart cookies. Online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veterans Show. Thanks, as always, for making us a part of your Sunday afternoon. Don't forget to check out past episodes at our website, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Coming up this uh, program, we've got a great one for you. In fact, we'll lead off with one of our favorites, our friend of the program, United States Army Major Mike Lyons, retired. He is our senior military analyst, and just this past week, commemorating the 20th anniversary of Operation Iraqi Freedom. We'll talk with Mike Lyons straight ahead. We couldn't do this program without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, B-O-E-S-E-N Law, BosonLaw.com, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day, specifically right now trying to assist as many Camp Lejeune veterans as possible. Remember, there is a deadline approaching. Get in touch with John and his great team. Again, BosonLaw.com or 303 999-9999. Then the rest of the program, we will talk with a United States Army veteran, 32 years active duty and in the National Guard. We'll talk with Norm Steen. He is the state director of the American Legion Boys State program. What is it? Great conversation with Norm Steen from American Legion Post 1980 in Woodland Park, Colorado. That comes up. But first... The Shock and Awe Part 2, 20 years ago. We talked about the significant anniversary with our military analyst, Mike Lyons. Yeah, Stephen, it's uh, it's hard to believe 20 years have gone by and, you know, kind of how it started and how it ended and, and what it's done for the United States in, in this century already. And I think it's going, you know, people are going to look back and see what a tremendous mistake it was <clears throat> and how much it upset the balance of power within the Middle East. Um, and uh, and while it started perhaps with good intentions with Colin Powell, uh, with, uh, you know, I can still see him showing that vial of the anthrax that uh, he had presented uh, to the U.N. Security Council and briefing them with regard to uh, weapons of mass destruction. It turns out it all didn't work. What wasn't there, there was no weapons of mass destruction found. We lost 4,600 U.S. American service members over this. And it's going to go down as a, as a tremendous foreign policy failure. Unfortunately, the military once again did its job. It, it destroyed the Iraqi military within a short period of time. But um, the overall prognosis long-term, phase five, rebuilding the country, never took hold. Insurgency took place. Uh, we fought uh, counterinsurgency for the next 15 years, uh, 
lost our focus, went to Afghanistan, came back and tried to fix Afghanistan. So the last 20 years has been pretty much a foreign policy disaster for the United States. Mike, where were you 20 years ago? 20 years I was sitting in a newsroom at CBS News, first reporting on this actually. Um, I uh, just kind of started. I had been talking to a bunch of classmates who were forward deployed there, and I had the privilege of kind of kind of walking through the initial outcomes. knew knew how this war was going to be fought on the ground. Two divisions were online. Uh, as they uh, proceeded into Baghdad, you had the Third Infantry Division from the United States Army, and you had the First Marine Division, um, and they were the ground forces that were there. It took them a little bit longer to get into place. I think they wanted to start the combat operation a lot sooner than they did. Um, the 101st Airborne was deployed further to the north, and, and they were not there on time, uh, but they they decided to go. Um, the, 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 the challenge the military had, frankly, after the first three days, the first uh, Marine Division was unfortunately about 150 miles behind the three ID, the Third Infantry Division, and they had to the three ID then had to slow down because they were moving at such a fast pace. Given that they were used to that kind of combat, so there was a lot of things the military did learn from that first initial battle of, of comfort of, of conflict. Mike Lyons, our military analyst, joining us. Do you look at this like I do? And please, by all means, tell me if I'm wrong or mistaken. But this was kind of like shock and awe part two because I remember. The Gulf War with the incredible uh, reporting on uh, CNN with Bernard Shaw and John Holloman, Peter Arnett. Um, but this was so much smaller in scale. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was obviously destructive and powerful. But then almost, to, as you've been alluding to, what it would, would lead to and nearly, you know, more than 4,600 U.S. servicemen and women killed uh, in that war in Iraq and Afghanistan, and of course this is just post 9/11 by by not mm-hmm. even two full years. Is this though kind of part two of that shock and awe we had seen under Bush Senior? Yeah, it it it, it really was called it that here, um, more or less, based on the, the the we were bringing the fight directly to Baghdad, um, and in in the in Desert Storm there was clearly an air war that took place for about 28 or 35 days actually prior to the ground war launching, um, and it was more or less army-on-army army fight uh, that took place there, just based on the, the, the units that were deployed. There was over 500,000 um, uh, U.S. U troops that were there, two corps, um, actually four corps when you include the, um, the uh, foreign corps, and of, of about 150,000 troops in, in either of these corps. But, but the, you know, all the divisions online, I was part of that, that, part of that fight. But this one here, much smaller, and, and not the same – the forward, uh, the the attacks took place deep into Baghdad. We took the fight directly to Baghdad, and U.S. forces, you know, basically walked through, walked up that Highway 8 there, right into right into Baghdad with very limited uh, amount of pushback. Um, all, most of the combat deaths took place on um, during the counterinsurgency over the next eight or nine years. It took place there. This is how it sounded on CBS television. From CBS News headquarters in New York, here is Dan Rather. It was just. Over 90 minutes beyond President Bush's deadline for Saddam Hussein to leave Iraq, that U.S. warships and planes, there were F-117 stealth bombers involved, launched the opening salvo of Operation Iraqi Freedom. The attack came in waves, cruise missiles, followed by the F-117 stealth bombers with so-called bunker-busting bombs. Their target, a bunker believed to be sheltering what are called top leaders of the Iraqi regime. Now, this is what it looked and sounded like in Baghdad. It was this short, and this is what happened. 
Mike, as someone who dedicated so much of his adult life to serving this country, what goes through your mind when you just hear that with no no anchor, no Dan Rather, no me talking over it, just when you hear those sounds? Yeah, it's, it's you know, when you've been on the ground and had them go over your head when you listen to it, it does bring you back and from a nostalgic perspective. Um, Knowing, you know, that uh, they're raining down on somebody on the other side, you know, it, it, you know, it's conflict, it's real life, it's not Hollywood, it's not a movie at that point. I thought um, you, when that, that combined with the, with the visual that we saw and it was kind of lighting up the, the, the river there that where those initial targets were, the Ministry of Defense and those defense and uh, missile defense platforms, um, you know, it's, it's all, you, you, you just, you, you, sit, you, you go, you, you just sit there and say, how do we keep doing, going back to this? Here we are right. doing the same thing and, and it's going to, you know, we've got to just be careful with the, the tinderbox that's taking place in, in Europe and potentially something and then this Navy fight that's going to take in China. Like, when are we going to learn that this just does not lead to anything that's going to be fundamentally productive but um you, know, you just go back and listen to it and that's and you, you you bring it forward 20 years and we're at the same spot once again our thanks to our senior military analyst on the program mike lyons great guy and always appreciate his time the rest of the program you're going to meet another great guy his name is norm steen united states army veteran 32 years active duty and in the national guard he is the state director of the American Legion Boys State program. We'll have that coming up. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephen Tubbs. We continue this week's edition of the American Veteran Show with a special in-studio guest. And I don't know, I've never heard of Boys State the program put on by the American Legion, and before all is said and done, you're darn tootin' we're going to know what Boys State is, with the state director. Uh, he is here in studio. His name is Norm Steen from American Legion Post 1980. Norm, welcome to the American Veteran Show, and thank you. Thank you, Stefan. Pleasure to be with you. Where is American Legion Post 1980? Post uh, 1980 is in Woodland Park, Colorado. That's in the high ground just above Colorado Springs, uh, just a bit south of Denver. Not so. a bad place to no, live. No, gorgeous. Right at the Shadow Pikes Peak. How long have you been there? Uh, we've been there almost 25 years. Um, moved here from uh, Kansas, where I had my last active duty assignment, and I uh, love Colorado ever since. You're a South Dakota native? It's my home, uh, born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Yeah, uh, northern uh, Great Plains area. Uh, Travel around, obviously, in the military, but uh, finally ended up here in Colorado. Well, welcome to the show, and thank, thank you, you so much for you know coming into studio and making the trek up from from Woodland Park. We're going to talk about the program coming up, and, and I understand that 
Uh, it's in every state but what, Hawaii? Hawaii, that's right. Yeah, and yep. maybe we can, with this radio interview, maybe we can change them. Maybe we can break some ground. <laughs> you never know. But listen, I want to first start, and hopefully we'll have a couple of segments with you at minimum, uh, 32 years in the United States Army. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would call a lot of service, yeah. whether it's active duty or the reserves. Yeah. Well, I was in uh, active duty uh, with the United States Army. Uh, started out infantry, uh, entered through ROTC program, University of Minnesota. Uh, close enough to home to make it, uh, not too far. Just as cold? Uh, just uh, colder. <laughs> colder. Colder. <laughs> That's right. So 1974, I ended that program and uh, graduated in commission in 1978. Um, had some great years with uh, some of the best friends of my life. Uh, Europe, uh, back then it was Cold War, of course. So we had a wall up uh, between, uh, running right down to the middle of Berlin and, and Germany. Uh, so it was a different era. Yeah, it was. Let me ask you. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to rush it. Uh, from 1978, where do you go? You're commissioned. Tell us, where, where do you go first? Uh, my first assignment. In fact, I, uh, I uh, skipped my, uh, my, my own high school, uh, college graduation to attend my wedding. And then from right off there, wow. we were uh, moved to Fort Benning, Georgia for some basic uh, officer training. Uh, and then to Germany, uh, West Germany at the time, a little town of Göppingen, Germany, and 1st Infantry Division forward. Um, at that time, we were obviously praying for Cold War. We knew that the Soviets back then were stronger, uh, more aggressive. We were holding back those forces back then. And, uh, you know, now I'm proud to say that uh, Europe is largely free because of veterans like, uh, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of good like soldiers you. I worked with. Like well, you. Okay. See, I told you, okay. I told you off air, uh, Michael, our producer, will back me on this. I told you, well, humble might as well be your middle name since you're from <laughs> South Dakota. So, listen, I'm uh, saying the Cold War, we got through that with men and women. Uh, like you. Our guest is Norm Steen. He is the state director for the uh, Boys State Program. That's the American Legion Boys State Program here in Colorado. And in our next segment, we're definitely going to get much more into that. But I'm always fascinated, Norm, by, you know, how old were you? When you got out of, I mean, when you're in Germany, you get there for the first time, you leave Fort Benning. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a young man. 22 years old. 22. Yeah, yep. But uh, Just married. Uh, just married. Uh, in fact, uh, not too long after, I, we were told that, uh, uh, less than a year in, we were told that I had a daughter on the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so our first child was born in It's a lot uh, coming at you as a 22-year-old. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah. What uh, was it like to be in Germany back then? You know, you had mentioned the Soviets, and that is, yeah. I think we forget. I mean, we talk about, you know, truly to me, the Forgotten War is the Korean War. Mm -hmm. And we've had, you know, so many blessings talking with mm -hmm. Korean War veterans over the years on this program. And, and yet, I, I think y'all may be a close second that nobody <laughs> really thinks about, well, yeah, then that great moment when the wall came down. But what about... What about after Vietnam and up until the wall came down? Well, the threat was significant. I mean, they outnumbered us in many ways, six and ten, eight to one on wow. uh, forces. Um, we realized that uh, in West Germany, we were much, weren't too much more than an alert force for a uh, broader, you know, uh, we had an event called Return of Forces to Germany, a reforger. Uh, was a uh, commitment that the United States had made to return large numbers of forces to defend uh, Western Europe. At the time, um, uh, we we just knew that uh, it was we had to save Europe. Um, many many soldiers had committed uh, a lot of resources that America did at the time too. We pre-stationed equipment over there, but the Germans were wonderful people. Um, when you're stationed over there, you realize how small a continent Europe really is. Um, the th the country of Western Germany was as big as my home state of Minnesota, the wow. entire country. Yeah. Um, 
but wonderful people, very, very welcoming. We uh, we made good friends with many people. I learned to speak German in uh, high school and college, so we got out of the economy as much as we could. Well, you were predestined then. I know. Well, it was my first choice, Yeah, uh, West Germany. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the wall? Uh, yes, we did. Many times. Uh, well, I wasn't in Berlin. Uh, we we drove past it at the uh-huh. time. It had not come down until 1989. Uh, and well, I it goes through your mind as a young man seeing that is the Berlin Wall. And, and obviously, even as a young man, you were a very intelligent man. You had gone through your education, yeah. your commissioned officer. You know what that wall represents. Yeah. Well, we knew that it was to keep people in, keep them away from liberty, from democracy, from from all that we really yearn for. Yeah. The East Germans were kept from that um, by a very different, brutal regime. Um, and we were there to end that. And, you know, thank goodness one of our presidents, Ronald Reagan, uh, Amen. brought that wall down. Yeah. You know what? As we continue with uh, from the American Legion, Norm Steen, big shout out to the American Legion post-1980 in Woodland Park. Uh, we're trying to get around the state as much as we can. Yeah, so, you know, because everybody always accuses me, oh, you only, you, your favorites of VFW Post 1, American Legion Post 1. And I, I don't want to say I'm picking favorites, but, you know, they are right here in my own backyard. Yes. Well, there's more than 150 American Legion Posts <laughs> wow. around the state. Wow. So you got a we whole, gotta, we gotta work, a, you, you a got some work, work to do, do. Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Norm Steen. All the great people. Uh, listen, I already love you. You're a friend of the program. Let, let's talk about, um, you know, you mentioned what it means. And so do you start a family? Is your daughter born in Germany? She was. She yeah. was. Um, we, my, my wife uh, was not working at the time. I was spending a lot of time, of course, taking care of troops, long, long, long hours, uh, deployments, you know, a month at a time or more. The places, beautiful places like Grafenvier. Uh, any veteran listening probably remembers mm-hmm. that beautiful place. Um, uh, but, yes, yeah, we raised our first uh, child there. We were there. Uh, she was born the, in 1979, our first year. There and then we left uh, three years later in '81. Mm. Um, we raised two more children once we arrived back in the United States. Uh, those were also born in military posts. Uh, Shocking. One child, well, that's what happens when you're, you're 32 years in. So yeah. you go from Germany, where do you come back to? Then we uh, returned back to Fort Riley, Kansas. Uh, the, the main division, the first, first division, was at Fort Riley. Uh, continued on active duty there with uh, infantry, had a company command there. Um, and then um, the tempo was a little too high. I realized that, you know, I've, I've got to raise now two daughters and a mm-hmm. son. So I, I moved the, to the Kansas Army National Guard, switched from infantry to armor, uh, from M16 rifle to an M60 tank. A uh, little bigger thing to b- drag around the battlefield. Uh-huh. But uh, we recognized that the, those tanks were also, um, of course, instruments of war. But we also, as a National Guard, also took care of. Everything from floods to you know taking care of cattle and blizzards and and uh, just in case our population securing uh, you know key infrastructure on this. It doesn't so sound on. like you slowed the pace. Oh, a no. lot. No, no. Uh, while there, I also got a master's degree and uh, everything. <laughs> lots of other things too. Are you an overachiever? Just a little bit. I, I, I love what I do. Uh, life is good. Norm you know, Humblestein, again, <laughs> not Humblestein, but Humble yeah. as a middle name. Uh, again, our guest, uh, native of South Dakota, and he's taken us already uh, across the Atlantic from uh, his education in Minnesota to Germany, then back to Fort Riley, Kansas. Uh, in the moments we have left in this segment with you, was it the right decision to leave to go to the Guard? It was. Um, it, it was really good life balance. I mean, I, I loved active duty, uh, but again, you have to maintain a balance. And many of our soldiers today struggle with that uh, work-life balance. Uh, they are committed to what they do. They are out to save the world, but 
at, at some point you have to recognize that um, there, there's, a, there's a country, there's a family, and every veteran is faced with those hard choices all the time. Every time they have to say goodbye, it's a heartbreaking moment. Uh, so it's, it's so good to have a support team close by. Amen. Norm Steen yeah. is the state director of the American Legion Boys State Program here in Colorado. We'll continue with him straight ahead. On the other side, I want to ask Norm, uh, as a 32-year Army guy, you know, where were you when that wall did come down in 1989, mm-hmm. and where were you on 9-11? So we'll continue with Norm mm-hmm. Steen. Uh, again, uh, always a pleasure to support programs connected with the great American Legion and the Veterans of Foreign War, or VFWs. I'm Staffan Tubbs. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephan Tubbs. It is a pleasure to have you listening. It is a pleasure to continue our conversation here on the program with Norm Steen, 32 years in the United States Army, active duty and reserves, 1978 to 2010. He is also the American Legion Boys State Program Director here in Colorado. We'll get into that before we say goodbye to Norm. He's also with American Legion Post 1980 out of Woodland Park, Colorado. So again, thank you so much for, you know, kind of going down memory lane. And when we last left, you know, you're back, you're, you're at Fort Riley and then you're in the Kansas national guard and you're in armor. Uh, I like that. I left the M 16 for an M 60 tank. I don't think it's ever been, uh, ever been put uh, so much that way. Yeah. Well, of course, then the army upgraded from the M 60 to the M one, three different versions of the M one tank, uh, which we, uh, how's your hearing? Uh, I know it's not artillery, but it's still pretty damn loud. Well, inside the tank, you really don't hear it, surprisingly. The, the tank moves. But you know when you do? I've yeah. only been inside a tank one time. Oh, really? Yeah. When you fire a shell, yeah. it's a little loud. It, no? Yep, it's loud. It's but see, loud. I'm just a lowly civilian, Norm. It's, <laughs> oh, that hurts my ears. You guys are like, shut up. Uh, shut yeah. up, civilian. But, um, you know, the, the, just think of, man, I mean, even in your 32 years, the technology changes. Thing. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, just I mean, look, 78 to 2010. That is a a decent sample size of where you were to where you got to. Well, tanks, of course, changed. Communications changed even more. Who went from early days of tubes into you know frequency jumping radios and uh, satellite technology over those years. So. Yeah, so uh, we we uh, we have a great military, um, and uh, they certainly deserve our support. We're going to get into the 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 program that you're the state director of the American Legion boys state program coming up. But I want to ask you a couple of things. You were in Germany and there was an East and West uh, Mm -hmm. Germany. And you had uh, mentioned you saw the wall, at least driving by and you knew, and I I loved your answer last segment when you knew what that represented that. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I've, I've heard many times, Mm -hmm. certainly on this program, not many, if at all, you knew what that wall meant and that meant keeping people in. So what goes through your mind when Mr. Reagan at the Brandenburg Gate, right, in 1989, mm-hmm. tear down this wall? Yeah. Uh, he couldn't have said it better for all those people who yearn for freedom on both sides of that wall. Um, there were families that had been divided by that wall. Families split between them. Brothers and sisters had been split. Um, and veterans desperately knew what that meant when that wall came down because it meant that we could once again establish those connections with friends on both sides. Um, it's what we had all been working for all these years. Do you remember the the sledgehammers 
the people standing on the tops of the walls, the night time. I don't know why, you know, I was uh, a couple years out of high school, mm-hmm. but I'm watching this. And I mean, again, politically immature and probably globally immature and probably immature just all around I was in in 1989 but I'm I remember those images and and I so much more as an adult now yeah. with a little bit more tread on the tires yeah. or you know less tread I guess more life experience <laughs> right that you realize what that meant yeah yeah uh the, the energy that that they they just knew they had to it had to come down um it divided more than families it, it was also that symbolic, so dif- symbolic. Yes, uh, between two cultures, two governments, two. Um, it, 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 it was just painful. It, uh, have it go up, and yeah. it's wonderful to have it come down. So, yeah. yeah. Let me ask you, and again, yeah. you have no idea, you know, the off the wall, out of the blue questions I'm going to ask no. you. But you know, you're in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and. Again, Norm Steen is our guest. He's with the American Legion, United States Army veteran. What do you, by the way, as a sidebar, do you consider yourself, or is that time of service, is that considered a Cold War veteran? It is. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the American Legion, uh, through an act of Congress, uh, opened up membership to the American Legion to all veterans uh, from World War II. There were, previous to that uh, law being passed in Congress, um, you'd had to be a member of a wartime period. That law declared that uh, post-World War II, every member who had served any military service since World War II was eligible to be a member of the American Legion. Now, not the VFW. That's a foreign war. But the American Legion now is open to every veteran, regardless of their time of service. Was that the right thing to do, in your opinion? Absolutely. Me too. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, uh, and and it just seems like a no-brainer. Yes. Yeah. We We need those veterans, and frankly, we think those veterans need us. Yeah. Norm Steen is our guest, wonderful guest, and I am I'm 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 not paid uh, anything for this program now that I think of it. Uh, wow, thank you, Michael. Uh, but I tell you what, you know, I'm not paid to say this, but I am so glad that there is still a heartbeat with the American Legion, yeah. and I know that so many people, and I've I've heard people literally tell me in mm. interviews, Norm. Mm-hmm. Ah, the American Legion. Ah, the VFW Post. All they are is a bunch of woe is me alcoholic veterans. I'm not making that up. I've been told this, and I went. I I, I call kind of a timeout on people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ta 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 ta. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you went to a post? That's right. Well, I went there once. Uh, you know, 28 years ago or whatever. Uh, I know I'm off off on a tangent, but I think it just I hope you know and you have a friend in this program, whatever you Thank want, you. whenever yep. you want to talk about with the American Legion in the state, not just post 1980. But so much can potentially happen there that makes a potential better outcome for a veteran. I know you know what I'm talking That's about. True. I don't know if I'm conveying it. Well, well uh, you know, every veteran serves today is a volunteer. They're there they're by choice. Uh, they have a reason for being there. Um, and veterans, regardless of their time and service, uh, they were there because they wanted to be. Now, there were certainly some bad days. Uh, all of us have had days, sure. no matter what we did. But I can tell you that uh, the veterans that I know, and the reason I'm still in the American Legion today is because uh, you can tell that these people love America, men and women. Um, their wives have been through the knothole with them. Um, and they all have a desperate, a, a deep story to tell. Many of them will not tell it because they are all about service. The, public service comes from yep. their heart. 
Um, where, where would Little League be uh, without the American, what, American Legion? American Legion baseball, American <laughs> Legion shooters. You know, I've not, not not anybody cares, and maybe you yeah. don't either. But one of one of my honors of 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 my life in supporting military and, and veterans and active duty, they had an American Legion tournament. I want to say it was up in Loveland. And I, I, I'm mad that I can't remember exactly what, but I got to throw out a first pitch. Okay. It was so awesome. And I'm like, we've got to continue this spirit. American Legion is one of the great uh, youth programs of the American Legion nationally. 100%. Yeah. Norm Steen is the American Legion Boys State Program Director. Uh, you good for another segment? Sure. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with specifically, and I promise you this, talking about American Legion Boys State Program, of which you are the state director. But in the moments we have left in this segment, I just want to ask you, you know, I, I mentioned 1989 and the wall coming down. You know, you didn't get out officially, officially, officially till 2010. Mm-hmm. Where were you on 9-11? Uh, actually, I was going through some uh, personal surgery. I was in a hospital bed. Oh, my gosh. I saw the walls come down live. The, the towers. Bil- the, the towers, right. Yeah. The towers, of course. Towers come down live. Um, uh, I, I was actually, at the time, owned a freight company. I had freight uh, on aircraft all over America. And our company tracked that freight. And all of a sudden, the world went dark. Every plane come down. Uh, we didn't know where things were. We didn't know what the threat was. At the time, I was the state training officer for the Kansas National Guard. We were debating, well, what threat are we facing? Right. Nobody knew. Are we going to put, you know, concertina wire around our armories? We didn't want to see, you know, three, uh, you know, 10-year-olds in a banana bike seat fall into concertina wire. So that wasn't an option for us. Yeah. But uh, we didn't know what that threat was, and... Um, but the National Guard, we our mission was to secure every single airport in America within 24 hours. And it was done. It was done. That That's the kinds of missions that uh, your military, active duty, reserve, and National Guard do every day. Did it kill you, so to speak, to be in a hospital bed? And maybe you, did you feel like you didn't have anything to do? Um, well, it was, a, it, it, was, it was a small patient surgery. It wasn't any significant. Oh, okay. So uh, not like I was, you know. So you were busy. I, I was. Uh, but I was running a freight camp at the time, and I had yeah. employees, and we were trying but to even make, busy with that. Trying to make some sense of the world, like everybody else that day. You remember your last day, 2010? What'd you do? Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it was a hard moment. Um, a lot of goodbyes. Like every veteran will tell you, it's the people you miss the most. You miss the mission, um, but you're still an American. You still pray for America. You still work hard for America. You still vote in elections. You care deeply about what happens. But those people, I still keep in touch. You know, after all these years. Well, they yeah. they benefit from that. Our guest Norm Steen. Uh, final segment of the program coming up this uh, Sunday here on the American Veteran Show. We will get into our and dedicate our last segment to, for the most part, the American Legion Boys State Program. Norm Steen, the state director. This is the American Veteran Show. Stay with us. AmericanVeteranShow.com. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephan Tubbs. We wrap up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. I really like you, Norm Steen. I really like you. It's like we go way back, like 40 minutes ago. It's a pleasure to meet you across the table. Finally, I've heard your voice all these years. Well, thank you. You are the state director of the American Legion Boys State Program. We're going to talk about that, how maybe some people can get more information, I hope. Uh, 32 years in the United States Army, both active duty and in the reserves, from 1978 to 2010. I appreciate you going there with me. I mean, you you talk about, you know, South Dakota native. You go to school in Minnesota, come out a commissioned officer, stationed in Germany, 
Then you come back. You start your family there. You come back. You, we've, we've had a great conversation about the wall. You come back to uh, Fort Riley in Kansas, and you're there. Then you uh, join, what, the reserves. Then you start a freight company. National Guard is a difference from the reserve, just to make a distinction. Okay. But that, Thank you. that's right. I just started a freight company because I learned logistics for the Army. The Army created a, a career opportunity for me, and I ran that business for 20 years. Um, and then after that, I... I Sold that business and then moved on to public policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You were two-time Teller County Commissioner. Right. Yeah. Well, what was easier, the military or being a commissioner? Oh, I I loved both. Um, it was a different dimension, but I'd always wanted to be in public policy. I was my I, a master's degrees in public policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was a pleasure, again, once to be still the service of people, a little different type of service, but uh, fighting um, battles in, peop- uh, in a different way, in a, in a political way. Uh, uh, testifying before the state assembly in, in Denver, uh, got the opportunity to testify before Congress. One opportunity. Oh wow! Um, on, on a Taylor County issue. Well, what is in here? And I'm pointing to my heart. Yeah. And I mean your heart. I yeah. mean, there's a reason. Not everybody does this. Not everybody is dedicated to their country. And certainly after service, not everybody would say, "I'm going to continue. I'm going to go into public service, if you will, by running for county commissioner." It's just a continuation of that service for people I really care about. There, there are big issues out there that all of us, not all of us are equipped for. I, I felt like I was. Um, very supportive uh, group in Tiller County. I, I, I live there. I love it. And uh, I love those people. Well, I'm sure you but, represented but them But well. both of those inspired uh, maybe what we're going to talk about next is Boy State. Yeah, tell me, what is Boy State? Yeah, so Boy State, um, we call it a week that shapes a lifetime. Uh, because that's our experience. Uh, a Boy State is a week-long program that we conduct uh, uh, on a campus. Um, the American Legion is the host for it. We provide 100% of the funding for it. The boys on day one will learn about the uh, American process of local government. And by day, at the end of that day, they will have elected a mayor, a city council. Uh, they'll elect a count, uh, county commissioners. They'll elect a legislature from their own ranks. Huh. By the end of the week, they'll be introducing legislation. They'll have elected a governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state. They'll have formed a Supreme Court. Uh, all branches of government are now functioning by day five. Um, so there is an experience in American civics, hands-on, and it, it is a um, – because as veterans, we believe that what we our America is something to be not only understood but be passed on. Right. Boy State passes it on. Where to, is it done? This year we're at Northeastern Junior College in Sterling, Colorado. We have uh, we have the entire campus to ourselves. We expect to have more than a hundred boys. Um, uh, we'll feed them, house them. Um, it, they're long days, but uh, these are boys that are accept that are brought into the program by American Legion posts from around the state of Colorado. Um, and it, it's uh, just a matter of application. We have all the costs covered, and we want to do our very best to have everybody who, all, every boy, and these are high school juniors. They must have completed their high school junior year and still have a portion of their senior year remaining. Um, there's no requirement for... Uh, uh, educa- uh, educational background or funding status. So GPA is not... No. Okay. No. We, we care about two things. One is that the boy wants to go, that he has a sincere interest to go, and he's a person of character. You know, for, for many of these kids in yeah. that age range, this is maybe the first time that they've been away from home. It could be. It could be. 
I say it's a week, it'll change the life because it certainly changed mine. It, it is the... It is what got me interested in public service from the start. Wow. Military service sprang from Boy State. Government service sprang from Boy State. It, it changed my life. And we believe it can change other boys' lives, too. Now, and let we me, want to invite them to apply. Yeah, let me give, uh, is the website the best way to, to apply? It is. So that is uh, colegionboystate.org? colegionboystate.org. colegionboystate.org. Dot org. I'll put this out on our social media Thank you. Uh, as well. Norm Steen is the director of Colorado Boys State. I got to ask you just because I can hear at least one person, Norm. Yeah. How come it's not Boys and Girls State? What do you say? You've been asked that a lot. Because we have a girls state, too. Hey! <laughs> oh, that is what I call the ultimate mic drop here on the American Veteran Show. Thank you. Uh, please uh, pump your brakes, ladies and gentlemen, for some of you that wanted uh, to ask the question why it's only called Boys State. Well, that's awesome. Where do you get the funding? Is Can people donate? We can. We're a 501c3 yep. nonprofit, so your deductions are tax deductible. We have a very uh, very generous backing from the Daniels Fund. Everybody recognizes yeah, sure. the great benefactors of Colorado. Uh, they're a major sponsor for us this year. And veterans across the state donate themselves uh, to the program. So. So meals and meals, lodging. housing. Uh, we just need the boys to get there in return. Uh, we're considering some transportation options, but they just need to get there. The, the dates again are: they arrive on Sunday morning, June fourth, and we'll have them op- home again by Saturday, June tenth. Now, if I'm a grandfather mm-hmm. or a parent, and I'm hearing this, is there still time for my son to register? There is. We'd like you to go. We'd ask that you apply by May first. So we have about five, six weeks. Uh-huh. Go to the website, fill out the basic application. Uh, we'll be notified of that application. You'll then be contacted by a local American Legion contact, someone in your hometown. What? Uh, I don't know if it's a competition, but what are the odds if I do want my Johnny or Jimmy to, to register? Um, if it's not like GPA, I mean, it, there's a potential you'd have uh, not enough room at the end, so to speak. It could be. We are prepared for a large number. So um, you're almost guaranteed if you apply I a don't, person of character. you got to be a person of character, kids, young men. Gotta, and that is, is judged by the local American Legion Post. You right. may be interviewed. If the local That's Ameri- good for them. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. If the local American Legion says they're in at the state director, we take them. How did you get to be state director? Well, Obviously, you're passionate about well, it. Well, you remember a great gentleman, Tom Bach. Uh, I worked with Tom Bach as a past director uh, last year. Uh, he got promoted to the Boys Nation program director. Oh, wow. So he was looking for a state director at the time. Um, we had a great conversation. Got a lot of help, obviously. I got a great team working with me. Uh, and uh, we also have American Legion uh, support from around the state to rejoin us as advisors and counselors. It's really cool that we mentioned uh, as you joined us uh, you know, a couple of segments ago is this is in 49 of the 50 states. One of those states included is Alaska and, and none right now in Hawaii. But it's great to know that 49 of our 50 states have something like this where character counts and you can learn. And I I just imagine, I mean, I did a similar program in my junior year Mm. going to Washington, D.C., and we did, but it was more of a global deal. And, of course, my group of people, we wanted to stage a coup, and it was just a mess. (laughs) It was totally a mess. But you know what? I still remember, and kind of to your point you're alluding to, I still remember that it had an impact on me. And 
it's up to people like you and me and our friends listening to to keep that message of this is the greatest country on yes. earth. Yep. And you can certainly continue that path with a, a program like this. We certainly want uh, people to be introduced to uh, the, some of the greatness of America. We believe that America, as veterans, we've seen both sides. America is worth saving. It's worth passing on. Boy State, we believe, does that. Will you come back on the program and give me a report card of how this year went? I would love to, Stefan. We'd be talking probably uh, earlier in July or August, All but right. I would love that. I'd yes. love to. And, and, and again, the uh, door is open, the invitation always for whatever, whether it's American Legion post-1980 in Woodland Park or whatever the, the, you know, the state folks at the American Legion in this state. This is why we do this program, Norm. I, uh, thank you so much for, for bringing it. Absolutely. Norm Steen, United States Army veteran. He is the state director of Colorado Boys State once again. The email, colegionboysstate.org. That's colegionboysstate.org. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That wraps up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show. For our wonderful producer, Michael Arpaio, I'm Stephen Tubbs. Have a terrific week ahead, and remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.